All right, everybody, this is the Dodgeball Podcast with Brett and Steve. Welcome back. Thank you for listening. Hello, hello. Steve? Yes? You want to hit that intro? or? Oh, I, I thought you were going to continue with your intro. Nope, that, this, gonna, that's I, what the show is. It's the Dodgeball Podcast seconds. with Brett and Steve. So right, now well, today... Today, jumping right to it. Uh, so we talked last week about um, what a professional Dodgeball player is and sparked a lot of good conversation between myself and Brett. So... Kind of just want to jump into the next one because I think it's a bit loaded. Um, let's talk about foam versus rubber. Yeah, so Steve brought up a, a good question with his miscue on our interview with Serge about what is a professional dodgeball. I guess that's what started and, it, huh? Yeah, and we kind of started arguing about it a little bit because there's I, there's no real answer to that because everybody plays different styles. Um, so what we want to do in this episode is we want to get down to uh, foam versus rubber specifically. And that's not to take away anything from the other types of balls. There are a couple. There's the the kind of cloth volleyball type dodgeball. And it's then there's like the, the hydrated water yeah. volleyball thing. I don't know. And then there's the the kind of the in-between with foam and rubber, which is the the no sting, you know, kind of halfway point. The um, stay puffed ball? Yeah. And okay. it's, it's like I said, it's not to take away anything from those two, but the, the kind of core debate right now with a lot of the competitive dodgeball organizations out there is should should it be foam or rubber? And there's different opinions on both sides and we kind of want to delve into that a little bit so and by no means this is just our take we're not like the experts on the two i guess we just kind of want to give our opinion on them because we've we've we both had considerable experience brett obviously a little bit more with foam than myself um so i was i guess i was raised rubber for lack of better words i mean even when we played in uh middle school and elementary school it was always that it used to be called a kickball really it was yep. just an input five double ply ball that um, we can throw at each other. So it was no, um, it's kind of a no brainer when we decided to play dodgeball back in the day. We just bought as many of those as we could at the, uh, um, sports toy department and, uh, we let loose and. Well, and so, and so part of the reason that this is even a debate is because, you know, dodgeball is for, for one reason or another, it's, there's kind of a, a push to standardize it in some way you know the if if we're going to get to the olympics at some point we we kind of have this feeling like okay well we got to get under one rule book we got to get under one type of ball one court format and you know whether that's true or not i mean that could be a whole other episode that we could talk about but the 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 focal point remains that standardization is kind of at the the crux of the issue so the type of ball is kind of the easiest part which ball do you use so i'm gonna say i'm 80 percent rubber and just in the last uh Last month, really, I kind of got more exposed to foam. I used to be very like anti-foam. Man, I don't like foam for for reasons we'll get into. But um, honestly, Brett, it's it's kind of I want to say ignorance, but rubber is all I know mostly. Um, so, so let me put it to you this way. So this is a this is a, a deals in absolutes. And uh, if tomorrow the world came out and said, we are playing with a foam dodgeball and there will never, like they popped every rubber dodgeball that ever existed and they no longer get manufactured. Do you still play dodgeball? Of course. In fact, we kind of had that situation already. Um, right now, rubber is not really happening in Phoenix. Uh, we're, I guess we're on a hiatus until January. So um, kind of going into that whole professional aspect, I still want to play dodgeball. I still want to get better. So the only option is foam. So yeah, I would, um, I would adapt. So do you, I mean, do you consider that the the type of dodgeball doesn't impact the the way that you play the sport? You know, is, is rubber and foam dodgeball the same dodgeball, just with different dodgeballs? Oh, no. It definitely impacts the sport. I, I don't have hands. They're, they're gone. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks because it the, the mechanics are there when I'm playing, and I, I can read what people are doing still, and I'll, I'll, like, lead somebody into throwing at me, or I'll bait them. 
like, all right, here comes the catch. I'm going to bring my teammates in. And then before I even finish that thought, the foam ball has bounced off my chest and is I'm walking to the queue. And it's, um, I, I guess the biggest thing, Brett, really, is when you're looking at the the, dyma- the dynamic shift, it's you dodge a lot more in foam. It, it's kind of like you go back to the basics. So I, I've thought about that a lot because uh, I used to say the same thing when I first started playing foam. I've been playing a little longer than you now. I've been playing for a little over a year um, in foam. And I used to think the same thing. I used to think that it, foam dodgeball was less about catching and more about dodging. But the the more that I play it, the more I'm realizing it it's still, to me, the same thing. You, As a young player to foam, you're thinking to yourself, Okay, well, I you know I can't catch these, so I better dodge them because I can't catch these. But the the issue is once you once you start getting better and better, you start to be able to catch them again. So it's the same thing when I started playing rubber. I was like, oh, I can't catch these things. They're coming too fast. They're there's too much weight behind them. Like I'm just gonna get good at avoiding them. But as you start to get better and better, you start to realize like, okay, these are just as catchable. It's just a different kind of uh, of body motion. So total nerd reference here. It's kind of like cross classing. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess you could say that. If you, yeah, if you so. see where I'm kind of going, like you, you have the base skills that you developed over time, whether it was rubber first and then foam or foam to rubber, but in rubber to foam case, again, the mechanics are there. You just have to kind of learn, okay, it's a different type of traje- uh, trajectory. They're coming at you a lot faster. It's it's no longer, oh, I have to worry about these two people that are throwers because now it kind of leave, yeah, levels the uh, playing field. Now everybody can throw. And so you kind of just have to learn how to how to play dodgeball again, I guess, in a different sense. So let's let's tackle it this way. Let's tackle it kind of in the, the fundamentals of dodgeball. So when you're throwing a dodgeball, um, when you're throwing a rubber dodgeball, it's much bigger. It's eight and a half inches. So it's heavier. Yeah, it's heavier. So you have to have um, better grip strength and you have to have bigger hands just flat out. If you want to be able to throw it fast, you have to be able to hold it. And in order to hold it, you have to have bigger hands. I'm glad you said that because my hands aren't, they're not big, but they're not small. They're They're average. Say what you will. You think have average you will. hands. I have yeah. average hands. But um, okay, here's a good example. Here's a better example. Mason Shank, freaking Doom Train, the guy that just you know manhandles these things, has smaller hands than I do. So I don't think it hand size matters so much as maybe grip strength or just the the knowledge of how to throw. But I would say I would argue for people that have bigger hands, they have more manipulation with the ball, so they have that advantage. But I I think it's more grip strength. Okay, so the, at, at the very at the root of the issue is you have to be able to hold a rubber dodgeball, um, and that issue is eliminated with foam immediately because they're just smaller in general. I I, I want to say they're seven inches. I think and they're I, seven inches. I didn't fact check that, so I hope that I'm right on that. But they're just a little smaller, and that inch and a half makes a big difference because now the average player can hold them and throw them just as well as anybody else. What do you mean by average player? So. If you invite someone new to to rubber dodgeball, there's a learning curve involved. It's going to take them a while to to learn how to hold it and learn how to throw it. And you know, a lot of people start by not really holding it and kind of like whipping it with a sidearm motion. Um, in foam, you don't really see that as much. In foam, you're able to hold it and throw it just like a baseball, um, you know, more or less within reason. Gotcha. So it's it's just a little. It's it's easier for I think most people to throw. So more there are more throwers in foam than there are in rubber. Um, and then. Like you already mentioned, catching is, you know, you think that it's harder in foam. I would argue that there are people out there who think that catching rubber is harder. And I think it's just a, a, a style thing. I think it's just kind of how you were, like you said, how you were raised. If you if you come up playing foam, you're used to how the foam balls move because they do move a little more than than most people can throw rubber balls. Um, rubber balls are a lot heavier and they impact a lot more. So, you know, you uh, uh, does that give, I guess, you can kind of right. have a chance to bear hug it or, or catch how you will. So a foam player might say, well, you know, Rubber's impossible to catch. At least I can catch foam, you know. 
So I think that it's it's really a viewpoint thing in terms of catching. And then dodging stays the same pretty much no matter what. You got to get out of the way of the ball. The foam balls move a little more, like I said, but it's you know rubber balls are bigger. So it's just a a stylistic thing there. So going back to the fact that foam has, I guess, more throwers, would you say that um, you become a better dodge a dodger? Can you like does it improve your dodging game coming from foam to rubber? I'm not sure about that. Um, so I think it's just it's a little. You caught me here because I I actually I really don't know how to answer this. So if you're if you start as foam, let's say you play foam for a year or two, you get really good at it, and then you move to rubber. I think you're instinctively going to behave the same way that you would in foam, and that is there are less opportunities for catches because they move more. Um, and so if you try to do that in rubber, you're going to you're just going to catch less in general than you should be. I think um, rubber lends itself to catching a little more just because most people are going to throw straight on because they don't have the, the manipulation that you would with a foam ball. Right. There are some people that do, um, and there are some people that can put a ton of movement on rubber balls. And I think that's where the difference is, is like I said, the, the average player can grip a foam ball well enough to put movement or speed or whatever, you know, they can manipulate it however they want. It It's really the upper echelon of rubber players that can do that. You know, there are a lot of people who can throw a rubber ball. There are very few who can really throw a rubber ball. And by really throw, you mean cutters, nine to fives? Yeah, fast and, and movement. You know, like it's it's the difference between pitching a baseball in high school and pitching a baseball in the major leagues. Fair enough. There's there's just a gap there that you, you know, there's a lot of people who can pitch in high school and they're going to get a lot of strikeouts. There's very few who can pitch in the major leagues. And I think that's kind of the difference in the average rubber player versus the, the elite uh, rubber player in terms of throwing specifically. With foam, though, I think that gap is smaller. Uh, with with throwing, um, it might be higher with catching though. So maybe that's the trade off. The elite catchers are going to stand out more in foam than they are in rubber. Maybe that's not true. But that's kind of just the way I see it. Well, from what I've seen, people that can snag a foam ball out of the air—that's way more impressive than just catching a rubber ball. That, that's one thing I've noticed, and you re- you just identify quickly. Okay, even though I can throw this foam ball probably a lot harder than than rubber, or trajectory is different, whatever. Still don't want to throw this guy because that guy has a hand-eye coordination that that is just evolved, and you just stay away from them. Um, so this is this might be. I want to say this is generally speaking. When you first start playing dodgeball and you you commit to it being a serious thing, you you dodge a lot more. Like it's just you're kind of understanding how to block. You're learning how to how to catch, but a lot of it is is just straight up dodging. As you get better over time, you kind of end up dodging a lot less. You block more, you counter more. Things are more calculated. Don't would you would you agree with where I'm going with that at least? Right. It's kind of that that matrix analogy. Like you know, I I can dodge a bullet. One day you won't have to. It's it's the same idea in both styles. I think you know you you start playing. You're like, oh man, I got to get out of the way this throw. But the more you play, the more you realize catches are what wins dodgeball games. So you start to look for those catches. You start to look for those opportunities. New players. They're kind of going to do a lot of dance moves. They're going to try to get out of the way. Like, you know, they're, the idea is I have to throw these people out. I better not get hit. The elite players in both foam and rubber are thinking to themselves, like, if I get an opportunity to get a catch, then that's worth it to me. That's that's way more worth it than staying alive for 10, 20, 30 yeah, minutes. Yeah, because it, it does nothing for you. Right. You just get tired out. You're going to slip up. It becomes a who's going to make a mistake first. Exactly. And so going into foam for myself, it's I'm learning how to dodge all over again. And I realized playing last week against your team, like 
for me, it's it's don't go for those catches because they're not coming. Don't go for anything crazy. Just try to stay alive. Wait until you get a ball, and then you can fire back. And so in, in just in dodging alone, I stayed alive a lot longer and kind of contributed a little bit more to my team this time. And it's just kind of cool, I guess, re-experiencing that, that curve. Yeah, and I think the uh, the important takeaway is, you know, it is important to play both. Um, and so we actually got an opportunity to interview Jeff Snow, who has played a little bit of both. So we'll cut over to that interview so you can get some insight from him on which he prefers and why. And uh, I think that, that uh, he's a kind of a special case because he plays foam more than us. So he'll be able to kind of to lend his opinion more than we will on that. But we'll cut over to that. Hello. Hey, Jeff. How are you? Good, how are you? Good, man. Can you hear us okay? Uh, yep. Sweet. All right, Jeff. Well, uh, we'll go ahead and begin with uh, just let us know who you are, um, what what team or teams you play for, like I guess the main ones, or who do you play for, rather? Uh, sure. Uh, my name is Jeff Snow, and I play for a team called Pal, right in the kisser. <laughs> nice. It's a good name. How, Jeff, how did you get into dodgeball? Um... I'm not entirely sure. Like I, I googled uh, Toronto's dodgeball one day, and uh, a league popped up, and I went to a free session, and uh, that's how I got started back in uh, 2009. So you've been playing for for quite some time, then. Yeah, about six or seven years. What uh, what what caused you to Google dodgeball? Like, what was what interested you about it? I was just reminiscing about the uh, the elementary days playing dodgeball in school, and. Uh, yeah, I just thought it would be fun to throw balls at people again. Fair enough. Did, was it the movie that sparked the interest, or did you do, like, friends tell you about it, or how, how did that come to be? No, I don't know if it was a movie. Um, yeah, I was just I was sitting at work one day, pretty bored, and uh, just thinking about dodgeball for some reason. I don't know why, but... <laughs> well, hey, I got you there. So, um, how long have you been playing uh, foam dodgeball, Jeff? Uh, foam, probably about six or seven years. Would you say that? I started off playing foam. Um, have you played uh, rubber as well? I have, yes. Uh, back in, why well, I played in the NBL for three years. Well, I went to their tournament uh, three years in a row, and then I just played in a uh, foam rubber ball tournament in uh, Grand Rapids on uh, November thirteenth or fourteenth. Nice. Um, would you say you like? Do you have a preference for for foam or rubber? Uh, is there one that you kind of lean towards? <laughs> I kind of lean towards the foam. That's just because of what everybody else up here plays with. So um, that's that's what's most available. Do you think that they require different skill sets at all between rubber and foam? Uh, I think I think there is. Uh, when I was playing in uh, Grand Rapids, uh, we played foam first for about six or seven hours, and then we switched to rubber. And I found that my arm strength and my uh, grip strength just wasn't there for the rubber ball. Okay, so it's just a little easier to hold the foam. Um, how about in terms of uh, of play style itself? You know, is, do you feel like one is faster than the other? Do you feel like there's there's big differences at all? Hmm. Uh, <clears throat> I think uh, they're probably probably both the same. I think uh, I think they're both the same uh, style wise and quickness. Okay. So you came down to the uh, the National Dodgeball League. Um, World Dodgeball Championship and Conventions, you said for about three years, correct? Yep. Uh, would you say, um, I guess for lack of better words, would American Dodgeball be, be different from what you experience in Canada? Mm, style of play is pretty much the same. You have the two corner spots that uh, hold the balls, and then you have your catchers, I guess, in, in between. 
Uh, so the, the style is about the same, I think. Very cool. So, do you, I mean, what position? I know the dodgeball is kind of amorphous. There's no real position, but what position would you say that you played if if there you know if there was one to to tag it to? Um, I'm more of a corner guy. Um, I like to I like to counter uh, when the other team is throwing. I, my catching skills aren't really there, but uh, I like to counter. Very good. So I, I would be on I would I would be on the outside. Okay. So um, one of the one of the reasons that we kind of decided to reach out to you is um, I mentioned in uh, the previous episode your your crazy double kill. Um, I don't know if I saw that live or maybe it was just a YouTube clip. That's just something that really stood out when we're looking at foam and how it um, how it just alters the game completely. Do, do you remember that that game pretty vividly by chance? Uh, the NDL one where I uh, threw at the guy and at uh, a girl. Yeah. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, he did that. Yeah, I remember that one. Right, left combo. Can you uh, yeah, I remember that one. What was that? I was gonna say, can you kind of walk us through? Like, do you, do you remember what you were thinking? Was that part of your strategy? Did like, how did that turn out? Um, well, I'm never really well. You know, it uh, it was game five of the uh, championship uh, foam division, and um, it was between uh, me uh, and Jen, who uh, was the girl on my team, against uh, Nicole and Bob and. Uh, Jen got out, and I was immediately, immediately thinking to myself, "Oh shit, how am I going to get myself out of this one?" Uh, so I just threw my threw the ball at uh, Bob, and it uh, skimmed off of his ball, hit him in the head, and it went up in the air. And then Nicole went over to uh, try and catch that ball. And I just, uh, without thinking, just threw it with my left arm, and uh, managed to get her out as well. So, uh, Jeff, tell us a little bit about what it's like to play for Team Canada. Oh, it's, it's a great honor. It's uh, it's amazing to travel to New Zealand and to Hong Kong and back to Vegas to, to play for your country. It's uh, it's truly an honor to uh, play for uh, Team Canada. I hope to hope to do it again uh, next year in Australia. Do you have a, a favorite memory from dodgeball, Jeff? Oh, a favorite memory. Uh, I guess it would have to be uh, last year in Hong Kong, um, playing in a stadium for. Uh, for dodgeball was the uh, pretty pretty um, amazing, and then just happening to beat the U.S. by seven or eight points was pretty sweet too. <laughs> Different team, maybe I don't know. Um, yeah, maybe. Did you uh, did you play in this previous um, WDBF championship? Yes, I was there in uh, Las Vegas. Did you see like an increase in uh, in the talent with Team USA? Uh, yeah, they were really good this year. They were, uh, yeah, they were a force to be reckoned with uh, this year. What do you think changed? Um, I'm not sure. Maybe just being on uh, home home court and uh, having all the fans behind them. Did it leave you hungrier getting uh, ousted as early as you guys did? Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Uh, man, third place it isn't what we wanted. We wanted that first place spot uh, to make it three years in a row, but. Uh, we were unfortunate uh, to do that, but the U.S. played a hell of a game. They were uh, they were really strong this year. All right, Jeff. I th- I think we're out of questions, so I just wanted to to thank you for coming on the the show. I, we really appreciate it. Um, is there anything else that you feel we should know about you or Team Canada or dodgeball or foam versus rubber or anything like that? I know I'm not much of a talker, so. Uh, but thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Hey, uh, I, Jeff, I've got right. a question for you. Um, are you a Game of Thrones fan? 
I am, yes. You're going to ask me a John Snow question? <laughs> That's pretty much what I was going to say. You know, people are probably going to be thinking it, so I just had to had to acknowledge that. So uh had to get that out there. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, well, thank, you. thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks Have a good night. Take care. Right, take care. Really, Steve? John Snow? I had to, man. We were both thinking it. Somebody was going to say it. All right. So as you guys can see, there there is a whole other world of dodgeball out there. Um, and one of the things that Steve pointed out in interviewing Jeff is that if you want to get into foam at all, or if you want to get into the international scene rather at all, you have to play foam because there's no international rubber dodgeball right now. Yeah. And, and you know, listening to him talk about uh, playing in New Zealand and Hong Kong, like, why wouldn't you? Like, just take the for myself as an example get over your little rubber crusade play the game and, and realize that it, it just opens up all kinds of awesome um, experiences and opportunities out there the uh, the international scene alone is so impressive uh, if I recall back in 2010 at the uh, National Dodgeball League um, DWC the uh, the Black Keys from New Zealand they um, they performed a haka in, before the tournament started and um so they were playing against the Ballbusters, which was an all-female uh, Arizona team, just a bunch of badasses playing. And uh, they performed this like crazy, intense like ritual. And all I heard at first was just like shouting. I wasn't really sure what was going on. I thought it was like, an argument. And then you just see like the entire crowd just move to what's taking place. And it was just the coolest thing. And um, yeah, it, it, that was just it, it kind of gave me chills. And that you can. There's video of them doing that in in other uh, in all kinds of sports. I think the Arizona Wildcats do that now. So well, I mean, they yeah, they did the same thing this year at WDBF's International Championship oh, in Vegas. Did. And I mean, it's the same what you describe. I like I know exactly what you're talking about because it was the same thing. The you know the pregame starting, everybody's kind of milling around. There's this general buzz in the gym, kind of that pregame buzz that everyone gets. Right, and then all of a sudden. You just hear the shouting from their court. And I, I want to say that they were playing France, and I could be wrong about that, but it was just like the whole scene stopped. The whole gym went quiet, like almost quieter than when the national anthem was sung. Yeah. Just to watch these guys do this. And there's just this electricity in the air when it happens. I mean, some there's just the the point is, you know, this international scene is so cool to witness. You know, even if you're not playing, it's there's just a there's a vibrance to it that that's really cool to experience. So that's one advantage of foam is you know if if you if you want to play internationally you have to play foam because there's no international rubber right now. That's just how it is right now, and it's uh, it, it seems like it's totally worth it. And just again, I, I know I keep saying this, but based on my experience, foam isn't that bad once you actually just kind of get into it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, and um, so uh, I, I know we talked about this a little bit earlier, Brett, but you, you clearly have a lot more experience than I do in foam, so at least in competition goes. You've got a couple seasons under your belt. Um, you participate in some of the uh, National Dodgeball Organization sanctioned tournaments. Um, are you okay with foam being the accepted international ball? I know you presented that possibility earlier in the episode, but if they do say foam is the solve-all, end-all for international play, are you are you cool with that? Yes, Uh so I, I would prefer it to be a rubber dodgeball just because it's it's like you said, I was raised on it. I love it. I think um, I think that there is – so originally I think that there was – like when I first started playing, I thought there was more strategy involved in rubber dodgeball. And I think that's just a byproduct of um, playing in rec leagues with foam because when you get to that world stage, there, there there's the same amount of strategy. It's just different. It's a different – I don't know. It's a different feel, but – 
the answer is yes. I would be okay with it being accepted as the 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 dodgeball. If tomorrow all the rubber dodgeballs got popped, I'm not quitting, and you know I'm I'm going to throw everything I have behind foam. Um, but I would prefer to play rubber internationally. You know, I, I wish that that was an option, but rubber I bias there. Yeah. It's a little bit of a rubber bias, but you know what? I, I love both. I really do just for different reasons. I love, um, the command that I have with a rubber dodgeball. There's more traction to it. I feel personally like I throw those better. Um, I, I certainly get caught out a less, less in rubber than I do in foam. Um, which seems counterintuitive based on what I was saying earlier, which is, you, you feel like foam is is harder to catch, but I get caught out more in foam simply because I can't throw the movement that I do with rubber dodgeballs. So Jeff said something about how foam is, is easier on his hands. He brought up that hands argument again. Now, I don't want to talk up your ego, Brett, but your hands are obviously bigger than mine. You, can, you have more manipulation than I do. Um, but for rubber, you know, that's just something I have to work against. So I know, okay, I'm a little bit limited. I can't throw a nine to five cutter like you can or a nine to six, whatever the whatever you want to call it. But I don't feel like I should be, um, what am I trying to say? I don't, I don't think I, sh- I should be given an advantage of that by giving a foam ball. Does that make sense? Like, okay, good right. for you because you're, you, you were born a certain way. Good. For, you, like it's okay. So I just have to do something else. I have to maybe catch you or I, have to I, just I see what you're there. saying. So, so what you're saying is you don't want to feel gifted, you know, like, Oh, well you can't throw these rubber balls as hard as other people. So here's a foam ball. But I, I don't think that's the case. I don't think that that's, I don't think it's a handicap. I don't think it's like, well, you know, if you can't play rubber, then here's these foam balls that are easier to throw. I don't think that's true at all. Um, it is a lot different. It requires a different skill set. Um, I think that playing both makes you a better dodgeball player overall. Um, you know, in in foam, you kind of develop these, uh, you, you kind of develop the twitch muscle reactions that you need to be a good dodgeball player in foam because it the game is a little faster paced. I think in rubber, you kind of it since it is a little slower. You have time to kind of learn tendencies and learn those um, team cohesion kind of things that turn you into a really really good dodgeball player. So I think you need the fusion of both to to really be a well rounded player. Right. And if you only play one or the other, you're missing out on something. Um, and and that's not you know some people aren't. Some people learn that in foam. Some people some people learn how to be quick in rubber. It just kind of depends on your play style. But I think in general those are kind of the the two differences is foam is fast and it's quick and you have to learn to react um which helps you in rubber and then on on the flip side of things you know rubber's a little slower so you get time to work with your team and and plan stuff out better which helps you in foam when you transition over to there and even so if you do decide to transition into foam and some people argue that oh rubber requires more strategy um it doesn't really and kind of like what you said earlier if you if you look at some of the uh the games with the uh, Team USA playing, the strategies there. So it's it goes back to the whole professionalism mentality. So if we are looking at foam as being the future, the people that will take dodgeball seriously will practice and they'll just get better in foam. And I think we'll, I think it'll be okay if that actually happens. Well, yeah, and I think it's regardless of, of the type of ball too. There there are people in both rubber and foam who are willing to be a professional dodgeball player. You know, they're willing to put in the time and the practice and learn and listen from people who know what they're talking about. And those people are the ones that are going to excel and be on the next international team and be on, you know, great elite teams in the future. It's just a matter of, of learning and wanting to put in the work and getting better. And that starts with playing both, I think. You know, if, if you're limiting yourself, it's it's like 
it's the way pitchers suck at batting in Major League Baseball. Like, they just stop doing it. They stop at some point in their development. They stop learning how to hit, and so they don't hit very well. And that's fine for, for Major League Baseball because pitcher has one job, and that's get people out. In dodgeball, though, you don't you don't get – there's no position in dodgeball where you, you're just like, well, I'm only going to learn how to throw or I'm only going to learn how to catch. It just doesn't exist. You have to be able to do everything, so it's important to learn how to do everything. And I think playing in both – types of uh of in playing with both types of balls kind of forces you into that where you learn a lot of different styles and tendencies and learn how to move your body and learn how to catch different ways and learn how to position yourself and play with the team so this might be a stretch but i'm going to appeal to your 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 passion for just sports in general the the college football versus the nfl football not a huge difference but do you think there's enough that when some people try to make that uh, progression to nfl they can't do it because of the college football size do you think that impacts them in any way? Well, I mean, there's there's a lot of arguments you can make with college versus NFL, but I think so. So take one example: in college, they play a lot of spread offense, fast style football, run everyone into the ground, high offense. You know, you'll you'll see you'll see final scores of like fifty three against forty nine, and that's that's situation normal in college. You're not going to see that in the NFL as often because they're bigger, stronger, faster. The they they have to tighten the field and and get those two yard gains, and you know it, it's this. It's the same thing with dodgeball. Both, both learning how to play fast in college will help you in the pros in certain situations, and then knowing how to play in those, you know, like I formation setback kind of things will help you in college too. It's just you, they're just not exposed to it as much. So with dodgeball, you have the opportunity to play both right away. It's not like, oh, I'm signing for four years of foam. And I hope I can play rubber when I get there. You know, yeah, you can do both. You can do both. And I think it's important that you do. So I got a question for you guys. Um, So college football versus uh, professional football. uh, I know there's not really an established professional dodgeball community per se, but I mean, we talked about that last week. Um, In college, kids are generally playing um, with the intent to try and eventually make it to the NFL, to try and get that paycheck, to try and make it. Whereas in the NFL, you know, they've already made it and, you know, maybe they don't play as hard in some situations or maybe they they don't put it all out on the line because they've already made it. Do you think that there's um, a sense of urgency when it comes to dodgeball when, you know, you're working to be the best versus when you're already the best or once you're already on that professional level? Because I know that, you know, when you watch a college football game, kids are out there laying, you know, everything they've got on the line because they're trying to fight to, you know, make this their living. But once you're in the NFL, you know, you've already made it. So is there any kind of correlation between, you know, when you're playing elite and you've already made it versus when you're trying to make it? Or, or do you just kind of generally play the same no matter what? That's a good question. I can. Um, so that's a good question, Nick. Go ahead, Steve. So, not again. This is just my opinion, but rise. They're they're on the top. They've they've been there. They'll get knocked down on occasion. <clears throat> so rise. They'll they'll go back and they'll rethink their strategy and they'll adapt. So I don't think there's a level of comfort because right now people know rise and doom are on the top and they're gonna be. There is gonna there already is that type of uh, urgency to to beat them. I don't think they they coast once once you hit number one. No, and I think you know, bringing it back to foam and rubber, I th- like I said, the, there's 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 groups of people in both types of ball that are hungry to get better, and I think it's just a, that that is the difference is the people that are hungry stay hungry, and the people that are comfortable stay comfortable, and that's you know, and that's fine if you if you're comfortable playing in, in rec leagues, then you know, by all means, it's the same way. I would never disparage anyone from playing recreational softball if that's what you love to do. Do it if you want to get better, you know 
you have to get better. You have to, you have to work for it. So that's a good question. Yeah, that is. And the bar keeps getting set for dodgeball, so it doesn't really end. But um, anyway, so I guess that's, that's going to be it for now. I'm, I don't know how far or how long we are in the, the time, but um, I do want to mention real quick, because I was threatened with violence uh, by one Caitlin Anderson. Um, so Phoenix Dodgeball is going to have a random draw tournament on December 5th, and that's called the, uh, the Jingle Balls Random Draw. And we'll put links on the uh, the group page, but I strongly encourage everyone that can to play. I can't make it because I've got an obligation. But random draw is a great way to get into the sport. You um, the teams are always about as even as possible, and it's just a ton of fun. You get to play with people that you don't you don't normally get to play with. Have you have you had one? Have you enjoyed an experience of random draw, Brett? Yeah, it's a lot of fun, and we'll have Caitlin on the show next week. Uh, next week we're going to be talking about women in dodgeball, so specifically co-ed and women's division. I want to get her. I want to pick her brain a little bit about uh, the differences there and and how she feels about playing as a woman in dodgeball. So we'll have that next week for you. Um, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please let us know. Um, thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Take care. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And um, so. <laughs> Nick. <laughs> I was actually, I know where to go at this point.